What new nursing organization focused on nurse innovation actually has a seat at the table at the United Nations? Let's talk all about nurse innovation and this amazing new nursing association right here on episode 226 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I'm so grateful you're here, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the virtual airwaves for months or maybe even years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career. And as always, I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, medicine, nursing, and beyond. And did you know you can leave a rating? and review for The Nurse Keith Show over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, that really helps other people find the show. So whether you're listening for the first time or this is your 10th, 20th, 30th, or 100th listen, if you would head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, write that rating and review, let me know and I will read your review and thank you personally on air. If you would do that for me, pretty please, I would greatly appreciate it. This episode of The Nurse Keith Show is sponsored by Carson Newman University, offering a full suite of 100% online nursing degree programs to meet your educational needs. Carson Newman offers the following online degrees, RN to BSN, RN to MSN FNP, MSN FNP, and a Postmaster's FNP certificate. With stress-free clinical placements and unrivaled student support, their CCNE-accredited online courses are designed for busy nurses and feature no mandatory class login times. Now remember that for online programs like those at Carson Newman, of course, residencies and clinical placements are not online. Please visit them at onlinenursing.cn.edu, and I thank Carson Newman for their generous support. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 226. And we are welcoming Andrea Hamarillo and Rebecca Love of Sonciel.com, a nursing organization on an important and inspired mission. Hello, Rebecca and Andrea. Thank you so much for having us, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Oh, it's really my pleasure. And Andrea, you reached out to me on LinkedIn and we met in Boston recently. And I was just so impressed with what you were telling me about Sonciel and about Rebecca. You were, you were rhapsodizing about Rebecca, may I say? (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca, let's just start here. So apparently you were the first nurse to give a TED talk or to be featured on TED.com, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I had a TEDx talk that was promoted up. Yes. That got promoted to the main TED stage for TED.com. And what they had found is that no nurse had ever before been on the main TED website. um, for all the years. Yes. Okay. Well, we need to change that. I think it is changing now. I think there have been more nurses, right? I hope. Uh, There's tons of nurses that are doing TEDx's. There's tons of nurses doing TEDx's and hopefully we'll start seeing more of them get promoted onto the main TED stage. Great. Okay. And TED Talks are really important and the work you all are doing is really important around innovation and nursing. So SONCL is the Society of Nurse Scientists innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Sonciel, S-O-N-C-I-E-L. 
S-I-E-L. And Rebecca, you founded SoundCL? I did. Yeah, it was, um, it was after I had sort of started my career at innovation at Northeastern University, and we had started mm-hmm. a program on nurse innovation entrepreneurship, and we left in about July 2018. And at that time, nurses started to reach out to me from around the states, around the world to sit there and say, how do I start a company or bring a product to life? And I think I literally January 2019, uh, it became my New Year's resolution that we were going to launch a new national international nursing body to focus on a advancing nurses forward into the conversation of healthcare innovation. Wait a second. So we're, this is June, 2019. You <laughs> formed Soncio in January. Yeah, we have been flying. Yeah, January 2019, we launched. Uh, well, the idea came to fruition. We had our first meeting March 2019 with uh, nurses that we had reached out to from around the, the country. We all met in uh, the Berkshires. Uh, mm-hmm. Nurses flew in from the UK, Canada. There was 25 of us. Andrea came in from uh, Boston. Mm-hmm. And we formulated, I wanted this to be a society by nurses, for nurses, that would right. create a different conversation. So this was about creating a, a mindset and an experience for nurses that sort of found others in their tribe who had always sort of walked on the edge and challenged the status quo and saw nursing and healthcare differently than what the world had portrayed it as. And so we came together March, we had our first conference April, and we just returned from the United Nations last week where we had been asked to start putting nurses on committees at the UN. So, <laughs> all right. So, okay. We're on the fast track. So I think you drink jet fuel for breakfast. Um, that's fairly clear. Maybe you run an IV all day. I'm not quite sure. Um, don't try this at home. If you're listening and wondering how you can accomplish what Andrea and Rebecca have accomplished in four months, um, talk, talk to them first before you drink any jet fuel. Um, so Andrea, did you join from that first, you, you were at that first meeting in the Berkshires, which will go down in nursing history. So how did you get pulled into this amazing initiative? So as many uh, new nurses, I graduated in 2017. I was in my job in really seeing that, you know, nursing uh, was burning, burning me out. So I found uh, Rebecca's video and I reached out in LinkedIn and Rebecca said, let's have a coffee. I went to have the coffee with her. This was uh, November. It was jet fuel, I assume. It was jet fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Just to and, get the straight, what the beverages were of choice. Yes, okay. and, you know, I, I was telling Rebecca, I don't want to sit here and wait for the world to change. I don't want to sit here and wait for me to have 10 years of experience and then see what happens and see what opportunities there are. And I think a lot of new nurses feel that way, feel that um, the nursing profession uh, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that, from that uh, idea, Rebecca told me, Andrea, we're going to build this organization. I would love for you to be involved. And I just said, how can I help? When, when, when is it? <laughs> and I just uh, lean in because, you know, I, I will not wait for things to change. And I think a lot of nurses feel that way. Good for you. And, you know, how long have you been a nurse now? Almost two years. Almost two years. So, and you've already been to the UN. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, things are moving fast. Okay. And, and Rebecca, how did you identify the nurses who you felt would be the right people to bring in in, this, in these early stages? Because you're still in the first year of formation and you've yeah. been to the UN and created an international organization. But <laughs> um, how did you 
know who to reach out to. Who were the people in your network that you were like, oh my God, this person has to be involved? Well, I think, you know, it was like conversations like with Andrea that I had that I just felt this pulling and pushing from people. And in the two years that we were at Northeastern building this program, uh, we hosted 18 different events. And through that course, I met incredible nurses, nurses that I didn't even know existed. The chief mm-hmm. nursing officer of Microsoft, who is Molly McCarthy, um, Marion Leary, who now is the director of innovation at University of Pennsylvania, which is a brand new position um, that UPenn created after our initiative. A Mass General Hospital just initiated the the first director of innovation for nursing um, in the history of the hospital, Hiam Nadell. And these nurses I had met in our journey and we had had these conversations. And so in January, I reached out to Dr. Nancy Hanrahan, who had been my boss at Northeastern. We had been working together since we had transitioned in a man by the name of Noah Hendler. And I said, we all have skill sets. Can we put something together to do this? And so they said, well, Rebecca, I don't know if anybody's going to believe this. And so I started emailing all of these nurses who I had met and said, what do you think? We know there's 800 nursing associations, but I think that not one of them has been focusing on the image of nurses to the healthcare world and beyond. Um, and can we create something different and do something different than what currently exists? And what was shocking to me was the overwhelming responses of yes from nurses who said, I will give you my name, my resume, my profile, and my reputation to start this organization to change the future of the way that nursing is currently operating today and the image that we have to the world to save the future of our profession. Wow. Okay. I'm digesting that. That was like a manifesto (laughs) in about 25 (laughs) seconds. Oh my God. Okay. I can see, Rebecca, I can see why and how you have created something so innovative so quickly because your, your ability to articulate the mission And obviously the passion for this comes through in your speaking. And it just feels like you've created something from the heart, but it's also something highly intellectual. So it's, it's, well, that that's nursing in a, in a nutshell, right? So there's scientists, (laughs) there's science behind nursing. It's an intellectual exercise, I guess you could say, but then there's also the, the heart and spirit that is behind nursing, right? Yes, keep that so well said. And I, you know, Thanks. I think that's ex- we all became no nurses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we just we want to change the world, right? Like we we want to we step into people's lives when they are experiencing the worst of the worst, and we make a positive impact. And so, I think when we looked at our own profession, and I heard from nurses uh, similar to Andrea who said, "I am just burned out. It's killing me." Fifty-seven percent of our new grads are leaving the bedside with two years of practice, based on the recent study. Mm-hmm. That is the largest exodus of any profession. So what have we right. been doing wrong? And, and I think most of our nurses that have joined this are fundamentally petrified that the future of nursing is not going to exist and that there will be no one left to care for the bedside. Robots. Um, and, I mean, there are robots. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But, that, that, but I don't think that's the answer. And so how do no, we no. reframe nursing to look differently so that it inspires the next generation to become nurses to transform healthcare? And, and that's the goal of Sonsiel. And this is why it's so exciting to talk to you because you walked on the edge and you saw nursing differently than many of us in, in the field. And you were a voice in, in, in the wilderness for a long time talking about issues that very few of us were talking about. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Um, sometimes it's been like, hello, hello. <laughs> and, you know, we, we just, we do what we do. And back in 2012, Kevin, Kevin Ross and Anna Morrison and I formed RNFM Radio and we were one of the first nurse podcasts. And when you mentioned the word nurse entrepreneur, even now today, 
even nurses look at you like, is that a thing? Really? Mm -hmm. That's a thing? And, you know, I really want to connect you if you're not already connected with the National Nurses and Business Association. I'm on the board. Tim Raderstorff has spoken there and been involved. And I'll be there this, this September in Vegas. That's an important organization as well, because it's really, it's focused clearly on on entrepreneurship. Like that's that's the mission. That's the reason that yes. it exists. And that's a very important organization as well. And I think there could be some good symbiosis between Soncio and the NNBA. Um, so Andrea, you've experienced apparently a lot of cognitive dissonance around the fact that doing bedside nursing can be satisfying. It can also burn you out because you're under such duress from staffing and all the other issues that are involved in nursing, right? Like not being able to get to the restroom or have a glass of water or have a meal, all those sorts of things. So what was the impetus and how, how did you decide, oh my God, I really want to do something bigger than bedside nursing, even though bedside nursing is important and not to cast dispersions on those who do it. Cause I mean, when I go to the hospital, I want a nurse to take care of me. Right. Um, and I've been in the hospital a few times in the last few years. So what do you feel is your mission and what did you want to accomplish by jumping into this process? So I think when you're a new nurse, you're already labeled as a novice nurse. Right. And um, by having that label, you, you're told you're not an expert. You're not mm -hmm. an expert on anything. So getting there, you think, okay, do I need 30 years of experience to get to the, be an expert? But then you see the person who has 30 years of experience is still not seen as an expert. Mm -mm. Uh, they're still not being you know, asked by the media, uh, what do you think about this issue? So you know, seeing it from the outside, I'm like, do you, you know, how can I really make an impact from the bedside? What does the nursing power really look like? How can I really make a difference in my patients' lives? So it's, it's important for you to have this larger impact that as a novice nurse, I feel like the nursing world often doesn't look at what else someone has under their, under their belt. Like what else has someone accomplished in their life? Because I work with nurses all the time as a career coach, nurses who have come into the profession in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, and they have amazing experiences behind them and all sorts of skills. So Rebecca, when, when you see people who come in with amazing skill sets and intellectual knowledge, that must be really heartening to you because those are often the people who are willing to think beyond the confines of what we're told nursing is supposed to be, right? Yeah, no, I think you make an excellent point. Nursing has been so uh, worldly in regards to who it attracts into the career at which points and phases of their life. And I think what we've failed to do very effectively is how do we optimize that incredible worldliness and knowledge that is being brought forth into nursing and create pathways for which those that are engaging have opportunities to feel that their voice is valued, not on the same tiers of steps that are currently established, that you must follow this path in nursing to reach this certain destination. Mm -hmm. We've done this 
same thing over and over again in nursing and expect different results. And we wonder why hmm. we're having problems with retention, with recruitment, with the image of nursing. Because the truth is, is that we haven't figured out how to be encompassing of all and then giving them opportunities to be successful in their own right while achieving a greater cause with the profession of nursing. So I think you hit the nail on the head. People like Andrea, who came in a little bit later, the people like myself who came in with a nursing was a second career choice for myself. Um, how did we make an impact uh, and feel valued by those around us and making sure that, you know, that we, our voices were heard and recognized to change with the changing dynamic. And I think that's the struggles we've had in nursing is that we have not been working to change and, and we've held on tightly to the past um, in a way that has actually detrimented our future. Good point. And, you know, if we go back to good old Florence Nightingale, who the bicentennial of her birth is in 2020, and there's going to be a big worldwide celebration, and it's an important moment for nurses. And the WHO, the World Health Organization, has deemed 2020 as the year of the nurse. Mm -hmm. So WHO is behind us and behind what we're trying to accomplish. So it's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneur, and Leaders, right? Son Ciao. So when people hear innovation, and I'm just making a, a very generalized statement. So when people say innovation, we often think technology, like, oh, if I'm a nurse innovator or scientist, I need to create like a new tool or some like anything like a like a machine or some sort of software or something but i have a feeling that you have a much broader definition of what innovation means is that true <laughs> yes okay and andrew you might be able to speak about it what do you think innovation is so i think innovation really means doing things differently anything mm -hmm. can be different uh the way we approach a problem the way we do um assessment the way that you know, just changing the system, just change. Change, it's innovative. And it does not for sure have to be <laughs> anything technological. Right. That's a good point. And, and, yeah, and, and Keith, and I think I always mm -hmm. tell people, people ask me, and I always am saying, innovation is the impossible, the unbelievable, the unattainable, the unseeable. And until it is the possible, the believable, the attainable, the seeable. It's when Henry Ford said he, if he had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And mm -hmm. he developed the modern day automobile. It's about seeing things differently. It's about believing in things that have yet to exist because you know you can make them better. And that's what we as nurses do every single day. So that can be a process to a product, to a, a, um, a provision in, in any kind of policy that we have. It's just looking to make things better in a way that currently does not exist in the way that we experience today. That is innovation. And what in nursing we have been prevented from doing is allowing to innovate because we follow protocol, we follow policy to try mm -hmm. to prevent deaths and harming patients, which are fundamentally important. I oh, mean, absolutely. totally agree with this. Yeah, but not, how, not killing people is really important. Exactly. So yeah. how do we allow innovation to happen in these environments and to recognize this incredible knowledge and talent and expertise and a skill set of nursing where they've not reached, uh, historically had a seat at the table, so they're not able to drive forward this transformation. That is what's about. Right. And you know, that old adage of if you're not at the table, you're on the menu and <laughs> nursing has been on the menu in many ways. And we're trying to get ourselves a seat. And Andrea, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the media, right? That we're not the ones who get called when there's an outbreak of 
measles in New York City or or whatever happens around Correct. the country, around the world. We're not the ones who the media reach out to. We're not on their contact lists for some we reason. We are not. And Doctors there is, are. <laughs> it was actually yeah, a report said that uh, only 2% of things in the media come from nurses uh, when it comes from regarding health. So, you know, we are the largest profession in the healthcare system and our voice is not being heard. Our voice mm-hmm. is not in the table. And I think people like Rebecca and you and me many times just bring our chairs to places where nurses have not been mm-hmm. before. It's like move I over. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, in a way, and being, you know, a new nurse and being just a nurse, it's hard to be in these places. So I think an organization like SunCL, it's preparing the next generation of nurses and the generation that is right now working on how do we sit at these tables? How do we communicate our message? How does this nurse really participate in the policies and decisions that will affect the communities that we serve, the communities that are suffering right now? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a main mission and goal from our organization. And that makes us do something different because nurses are not sitting those t- in those right. tables. Well said. And you know, you said nurse that you said nurses like us bring our own chairs to the table. And I said, yeah, we elbow ourselves in and say move <laughs> over. Um, and I think that's true, though. Nurses are often seen as nice people. You know, we we care for people. We hold their hands. We put a washcloth on their head when they have a fever. We care for them, but that's that's a piece of nursing. And there's all these other pieces. There's entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship and innovation and leadership and science. All the science behind nursing. It's not just an art. It's also a science, right? So I'm in my fifties now, heading towards sixty, and I just feel like it's time in my life to not ask permission, but ask for, for forgiveness, right? That whole notion, like, don't ask for a seat at the table, force yourself onto the table. And then if someone's upset, just say, well, sorry. <laughs> and I feel like that's what Rebecca, you and the whole group are trying to do. I mean, you've already been to the UN trying to get nurses on committees at the UN. So how did you get a seat at that table? I mean, it's, it's a small organization, not many people have heard of the United <laughs> Nations, but how did you get a seat at that table? And how did you paint the picture that you should be at that table? And what was the initial reception that you received when you floated this idea? So, you know, we literally had put our website live right the week before our April 24th state conference, which is the healthcare innovation conference designed by nurses to afford the best in healthcare. And we put this website up and asked some of our fellows just to share this. And the first inquiry that came in on our website to um, learn about membership was from a nursing representative to the United Nations who said, my legacy would be to get more nurses to sit on committees. And I've been looking for an organization like yours, those that want to advance nursing to the best and change and transform the future of healthcare because of the nursing compelling issues of treating those that have no one else who have voices to treat them. And I want you to come and and get a seat at the table. So remarkably, she was flying into Boston two nights later. I got Dr. Nancy Hanrahan and Ann Corcoran, another founding member of Salt together and meet Dr. Holly Shaw for dinner. And through that conversation, she explained to us the long convoluted process of getting an association affiliated with the uh, United Nations. 
And what we arranged was for a two days of orientation, June 6th and 7th at the United Nations, where 30 of our nurses from um, as far as away from the UK and Canada came in and joined for our entire day of how this process was going to move forward. Um, so really, we met Karina Gore, who is Al Gore's daughter, um, mm -hmm. at one of the committee sessions. And she was dealing about climate change and she said, nurses are the front lines of all the immigrants and migrants who are transitioning because of climate change. We need more nurses at the table. The reception, we met with the head of both the non-governmental organizations and the consulting organization of the uh, non-governmental organizations, the leaders who said, we want nurses to be here and let's start this. And so on that Friday, we filed for an associate member status as we left the UN and starting this fall, we'll have the first nurses sitting on 30 committees within the United Nations through Solciel. Oh my God, your first year is, is amazing. <laughs> what, I mean, that's an accomplishment that would take others years to, to get to. So my, my invisible nurse's cap off to you for accomplishing that. <laughs> and um, we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dig more into your history, Rebecca, and the history of Sonciel and more talking about the future and what the future holds for nursing scientists, innovators, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, and leaders. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This episode of The Nurse Keith Show is sponsored by Carson Newman University, offering a full suite of 100% online nursing degree programs, not including clinicals or residencies, of course. And those programs include RN to BSN, RN to MSN FNP, MSN FNP, and a Postmaster's FNP certificate. With stress-free clinical placements and unrivaled student support, their CCNE-accredited online courses are designed for busy nurses like you and feature no mandatory class login times. Please visit them at onlinenursing.cn.edu. I thank Carson Newman University for their generous support. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners like you who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So let's dig right back into today's topic. And thanks for hanging out here on the Nurse Keith Show. We are here on episode 226. Please see the show notes and all the links about Sonciel and Andrea Hamario and Rebecca Love at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 226. So Rebecca and Andrea, before the break, we were talking about Sonciel, about how in this, this first half year of the existence of your organization. You've already been to the UN and you've getting nurses by the fall of 2019 onto 30 committees at the UN. Not a very small accomplishment, I must say. That is really incredible and I can't wait to hear more and see how this develops. So let's say there's a nurse listening right now. She's in Cleveland, Ohio, and she works on a telemetry floor and She's been a nurse for a few years and she has some ideas. 
she can see changes that need to happen. She can sense that her colleagues are not happy and she can see how things are not working quite the way they could. And she has a vision for how they could be better. So Rebecca, from you, what can that nurse do? Tell me, tell me an actionable step that that nurse can take in order to bring her ideas to someone or something and actually feel like she's part of that conversation. That's a long intro. I'm sorry. No, not at all. And she, okay. so, you know, fundamentally, the first thing that she could do is go to her nurse manager on her floor. And most of the hospitals around now have what are called innovation hubs within their hospitals, institutions, and are starting to embrace the role of nurses. Um, and you specifically mentioned Cleveland. And I know um, both the university hospital system in Cleveland, as well as Cleveland Clinic, are on the forefront of driving innovation. They have innovation hubs specifically for this process. Right. Um, but I know that nurses are very s- stressed out by that. So what we also did is we created a membership so they can log in. We're doing monthly lunch and learns with nurses to facilitate in. And then uh, actually, Andrea is leading our first cohort of FIELs, which is a fellow of innovation, entrepreneurship, and leaders. It's an F-I-E-L. It's our first FIEL. F-I-E-L. Okay. Yes. And that's a two-year fellowship program that Sonciel is putting on for, you know, really uh, nurses that we know are going to transform the future of healthcare. And we want to give them the business skill sets so that they can find and have a seat at the table and speak the language of healthcare. Because in nursing, we're taught a lot about, you know, empathy. I think, I feel, I believe, mm-hmm. and that's how we position our arguments. But when you go in front of your nurse manager, your CFO, your chief nursing officer, and they're like, well, it's great that you think that or you feel that way, but tell me the impact. And so what we want is we want them to speak to the business, finance, operations, and strategies. So they can say, by making this change, you're going to lead to a substantial financial savings, but more important, an impact on patient satisfaction surveys because of X, Y, and Z, reframing conversations that nurses fundamentally know how to drive, but don't know how to fundamentally state. Ooh, okay. So basically you're saying that this, just to encapsulate that and kind of respond, is you're saying that we know what we know and we know what we feel, and we need to be able to translate that into the language of whoever we're speaking with. And this comes down to, in many ways to me to emotional and behavioral and relational intelligence that yes, many nurses are highly emotionally intelligent. We're in touch with our feelings, you know, in the wisdom and empathy, like you said, but then being able to verbalize, we really have to be able to write and speak the languages of others. And you're right, we have to study that and understand how to speak their language. Because if you're going to speak to a CFO, you don't talk about feelings, you talk about data and dollars, right? And savings. And you're so right. And Andrea, you're going to be leading this fellowship in... So, you know, that's what makes this organization really unique. Because usually, you know, I've been part of other organizations. And when you are a new grad or, you know, you're starting something and you do have experience in other things, sometimes you are not taking, you're not giving an opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're still, you cannot sit at the table. This organization is unique because they invite you to sit at the table, no matter where you come from, no matter your experience level, no matter any of, of the other um, hurdles that I have had in the past. And I think the mentorship that we are receiving uh, makes us succeed at that position. Mm-hmm. So as we are flying the, the plane, we're learning and we are creating things together. 
right? J- just in time learning, we say sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. You learn it as you need it. And Andrea, I know you you have a BSN. You're an advocate for immigration rights, women's health, reducing health disparities, and you have a focus, I believe, personally and professionally on underserved populations. And you're Spanish speaking, so that helps you in terms of reaching other other populations. And I know you're a labor and delivery nurse at, at BMC, right? Boston Medical Center? Correct. And I know you're on the Integrative Nursing Council there, and you are working to incorporate aromatherapy, Reiki, et cetera, into nursing. And you've even received a grant, a BMC safety grant. And what, that was about interdisciplinary safety, right? Yes. In, within the so, facility. Tell us about that. So what happens is, you know, I wanted to do things differently and I was trying to see how nurses really have the power to change at the bedside. So I started to experiment and applying to grants and applying to doing small experiments that were safe. So introducing music to my laboring patients and seeing how the system really supports, could support a nurse doing these type of things. So for example, our innovation leader uh, Mm -hmm. was very supportive in doing these type of changes. So I think hospitals that do offer these these to their nurses can really make a difference in how we can sit at the table and make the changes. But, you know, there's always, it's a new thing. So we have to see how the system can apply and give us time for doing it and do all these other initiatives that we can apply for. I see. Okay. And at your workplace where there's an integrative nursing council, is this something that you started or had someone else already begun having this type of committee or council within right. the Boston Medical Center? So this someone else started it and I joined okay. in and, and it's very innovative council actually because, you know, Reiki and aromatherapy and these types of modalities are not usually at the hospital. So mm-hmm. implementing these things, especially in a crisis where we have the opioid crisis helping our patients on how can they cope with pain in a different way. That's the type of innovation that nurses could be doing at the bedside and bringing evidence to these type of innovations. Wow. Okay. So you're bringing a lot to the table and it's great that you're so deeply involved already at BMC as a quote unquote novice nurse. And you're bringing a lot of different skill sets and ways of seeing the world and looking at healthcare to the table. And Rebecca, you've been a nurse entrepreneur for a really long time. I read that you founded HireNurses.com in 2013, and that's Hire, H-I-R-E. So was that a job board that you created? It was. It was, you know, it was after I was a hospice nurse practitioner huh. and a, a patient of mine was going into long-term care when they wanted to die at home. And it happened to numerous, uh, numerous patients of mine. And I left it that morning to go see a, a group of students that had graduated a community college where I taught. I taught at Bunker Hill Community College in Boston. Okay. I was yeah, so it was March 2013, and I showed up after leaving this patient to go meet a group of students who had graduated with me in December 2012 who couldn't find nursing jobs. There were seven mm. of them in my office, and they were desperate. They were told if they became nurses, they would have a job, and they couldn't find them. So I remember turning mm. to the to the computer and saying, there has to be a place that connects nurses with those who want to hire them, because I had patients that would hire them, and I couldn't find any website that was dedicated to nursing careers, and was devastated, and felt helpless 
helpless, leaving, very deflated that day. And just like people say, sometimes the light bulb goes off. I, I woke up in the middle of the night and, and called my mother saying, I, I know we, we got to start a company. <laughs> and um, wow. she was a nurse. And it was, um, it was a long, terrible road of trying to figure that out and thinking that you're going to just launch a website and that it was all going to work out. I learned through the school of a lot of hard knocks that it's not quite that way. But um, we saw it through and uh, we, we were lucky enough to get acquired in March 2018. Um, wow. Congratulations. And, and you've done a lot of other things. I mean, you have an MS in nursing for Northeastern University, which is in Boston, and mm-hmm. a BA in international relations in Spanish from Boston University. And you're on the faculty at Norwich University. Where is that located? In Vermont. In, oh, that's right, in Vermont. And mm-hmm. you're also on the board of Next Gen Ventures and the host committee for the Massachusetts ACLU. So is Next Gen Ventures a, a innovation or kind of a tech company? So, no, so we're an early seed stage investor group. Oh, oh, Ventures. Okay, now I understand. Yes. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little slow in the uptake. Um, okay, so it's an investment group. Yeah, so I think that what it uh, it was I, what where my career has gone is is starting to understand how companies form. Understanding access to capital is a significant limiting factor uh, with regards to uh, aspiring businesses. And one of the hardest things that I learned as a nurse was that you have to make money to um, do the things that you want to do. So um, true. And, and that was a really hard lesson. I always felt guilty about that. And, and to be very honest, I wasn't very good at making money. I was very good at driving communities and driving change. Um, but that was a lesson that was hard learned. And it's been really interesting to watch other entrepreneurs and be part of that process of actual investing and seeing where you think companies are going to take off or not take off. Right, right. That's wonderful. And are you investing in nurse-related organizations or healthcare-related ventures? So interesting that you mentioned this because I was okay. just approached to um, actually put together a specific group to <laughs> be- invest in, in nursing-led ones. I sit on the board of, I sit on a, a panel that reviews Johnson and Johnson's uh, uh, fellowship programs and also their um, quick fire challenges, which are now funding nurses up to hundred thousand dollars to get their ideas off. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that those are the kind of things that you know we're starting to see pop up in ways that, to be very honest, uh, nurse-led businesses are are very often not funded, and I'm sure you probably see that through nurses and businesses. I I don't yes, know if they go the sure. BC route, but traditionally it is very very hard to get funded as a nurse. And so how very do we change true. that? Yeah, at the National Nurses and Business Association um, annual conference, we have a Shark Tank competition. Yes. And a lot of times nurses come with innovative products. Often it's a product that they've created a prototype for. And mm-hmm. it is a heavy lift to, one, learn how to create a product. Two, learn how to actually get a viable prototype. And then yes. three, what do you do with that prototype once you figure it out? So you know, the sharks within our shark tanker, they're very nice sharks, actually. Their teeth have been filed down somewhat. (laughs) So um, the winner of the shark tank gets money and coaching and mentoring, et cetera, et cetera. So we're doing our very best within the NNBA to help people come up with ideas and figure out how to verbalize what it is they've created. And oftentimes it's, we go back to that notion we spoke of half an hour ago about how do you express what it is you're trying to do? How do you verbalize exactly. it in the language that someone with money would understand? Because you can't say, oh, I feel this would be really helpful and make, <laughs> patients, make patients feel more comfortable. It's like, well, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> yes. So you need to be able to 
take that, you need to be able to language it if we can use language as a verb. So yes. Andrea, you're, you were not born in the United States, right? You were from? I was born in Ecuador. In Ecuador. Yes. Okay. And I came to the United States when I was 16. Okay. And so you bring an international flavor to your work because you were born and raised in South America and you've come to the United States where you can actually bring your, your desire to work with vulnerable populations and immigrants and underserved populations to the table. And being bicultural and bilingual, I think, is probably really helpful for you, isn't it? To be able to accomplish some of the things that are in your mind and in your heart? I think so. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, a challenge. I think, um, you know, having to learn another language and sitting at these tables when you do have an accent and it's, you are mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it does, it does bring a challenge, but I okay. think more and more there is initiatives to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and to listen to different people. So I might not be just different in my accent and the way I speak and the ideas that I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, but an organization like Sonciel, for example, we're all different because we all bring different ideas and right. uh, people come from all over the, the world. So I feel like this organization is really my place. You know, I feel that I can be who I am. Wonderful. That's, that's great. And I, I know Rebecca is the kind of person who will allow you to be who you are and thrive being who you are. And Rebecca, uh, you live in Marblehead, Massachusetts with your husband and children. And I used to live in um, Gloucester for some time back in the day <laughs> and in Western Mass. And were you, are you from New England? Where, where did you hail from and where did all of this begin for you? Yeah, no, I actually hail from Michigan, the Midwest, and I grew up in a little town that I, I always tell people reminds me of Footloose, and I um, always <laughs> felt that I was different. I think my whole life, I felt like I've never quite fit in, and I um, always saw the world differently, and always wanted to champion and change things for the better, and um, my father was a civil rights attorney, a constitutional mm. attorney, and so from a very young age, I was involved in constitutional and civil rights cases, um, doing his research for him, wow. and I swore that I was going to be an attorney. I thought that I was going to go on. There was a president. I graduated with an international relations degree and a minor in Spanish from BU. And I was going to law school. And mm -hmm. um, my mo mom flew out and she was a nurse. And my dad's a lawyer. And she said, you know, um, we want you to be a, a nurse. And I said, mom, I, I, I see how hard you work. And she said, you know, Rebecca, she said, I look at my profession. And she said, I see that there are lots of great attorneys out there. And she said, but I struggle to find a lot of great nurses out there. And she mm -hmm. said, we need strong women to go into this profession and men and transform the future. Because what I see as my experience as a nurse is that it is in trouble. And I remember looking back at her and, and saying, you know, all right, I'll apply to one school. I'll apply to one school and I will see if I get in. And they said, hey, you know what? Sorry, two-year waiting list. You're not getting in. And I said, I'm going to law school. And all of a sudden, the letter came in the mail two weeks later and said, you got in. And at the time, I was working on a presidential campaign and the issue of healthcare was a big one. And I stopped in my tracks and I thought, you know, how can I preach to the choir if I'm not a member of the choir? And, mm -hmm. and then I enrolled in nursing school. Um, but it, it was... It was it was a profession that I joined and, and for a long time I, I looked at my mom and I thought, why did you why did you put me here? Like I feel so 
kept down. I feel so voiceless. I feel mm -hmm. so much disempowered um, from having my ideas heard or recognized. Um, and I felt very, um, I would show up in a room with the decision makers. And, and when I mentioned the word that I was a nurse, it was like I was passed over. The eyes would glaze that, that oh, I had no nurse. value. Right. She'll hold Just her hands. Just a nurse. Exactly. Right. Just a nurse. And that was absolutely uh, you know, part of the reason why that I knew that there had to be more here and, and changing that conversation and sh uh, showcasing all these incredible nurses that are mm -hmm. doing things differently um, in the world that are having different conversations that are walking outside of mainstream and are making a huge impact. And we may not know about them in nursing because we're not, they're not part of the, the mainstay in mm -hmm. that. And, and that fundamentally has to change. Gosh, well said. You, you. I can see why your TED talk went to the main TED um, <laughs> TED programs because you are so erudite, so well spoken. I can see, and I hope you can take that that ability to, and I'm sure you already are that ability to express yourself and mentor other nurses like Andrea and myself and others how to how to talk the talk and walk the walk. So thank you for doing that. Oh, and. Sure. And before we go, is there anything we haven't discussed that you feel like is really important to tell those who are listening right now? Andrea, go first. I think uh, we are in a crisis. Mm -hmm. I think nursing is in a crisis. The healthcare system is in a crisis. And if, like Rebecca said before, if we continue to do what we have done before, it's not going to change. So it's up to us, it's up to the next generations, it's up to the older generations to really make a change. And for me, is a call for everyone to join, however you can join. There's mm -hmm. people that do different things, uh, but do, you know, don't be fearful of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, lean in and um, let's all make a change, make a change to, for, a better, for a better life, for a better right. country, for a better world. Thank you. And don't ask permission, ask forgiveness. <laughs> right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and Rebecca, any last comment you'd like to make on something we haven't quite touched on or anything you'd like to clarify? Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we as nurses put limitations on ourselves more mm -hmm. often than anybody else puts limitations on that. And I'm a big believer that if you visualize in the world, the world you want it to be, mm -hmm. and you keep aiming for that change, and you believe it fundamentally in your heart and your soul, you will change the future. And so if you have been looking for other nurses, those that have been believing that, you know, and uh, that they can change the world through sheer grit and willpower, then Sonciel is, is a place that we hope that you would find your camaraderies and your tribe, as we say, um, and help us work and change that because we believe together, collaboratively, working with any other organization is the way we're going to do this. And if you're looking, so we're heading into our, our year, you know, putting nurses on committees at the UN. And thanks to Johnson & Johnson, we're going to host the first nurse hackathon at J&J's headquarters in uh, November in New Jersey. So we would wow. love for people to come and participate. And then we, um, thanks to our, our colleagues in Canada, are, are going to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Saint-Ciel, the 200th birthday of Florence Nightingale, 
and our, our first year of PL graduates in Niagara Falls with an international uh, conference and, and gala um, wow. around this, um, uh, thanks to Mary Lou Ackerman, who's agreed to take that. She leads innovation for wow. all of Ontario. When is um, so that, that happening? That's going to be May 2020. So I would for like the year to try to come our, to that. <laughs> we hope, I would love you to come to it. We, but we are going to do a, a, a lot. But it's not just about those that have started. It's about those who we've never known. And until we were on a podcast like yours, that people mm -hmm. said, oh my gosh, there you are. Come and and <laughs> where you been us. all my life? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So that's right. it. And Keith, I, I can't thank you enough for being open-minded and inclusive because I think oh, in nursing yes. we, we we haven't been. And this is your your spirit, what you're encapsulating here showcases the best of what our profession can be. Oh, and, uh, thank we're you. We're super excited. Thank you. And if you want to launch a podcast, we can talk offline and talk about what that might look like. So I'm happy to consult with you if you want to do a podcast on nurse innovation and leadership. So oh, I would love to talk. Thank you. We'll talk I about that. that. Right. So thank you both so much. I just, I can't thank you enough. And I look forward, I hope to be able to come to Niagara Falls in May of 2020. Mm -hmm. And how do people find you finally? Where do they go? Sonciel.com is our website, but Andrea and I are both on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. um, please mm -hmm. connect with us. I, I think the one thing is, is that we try to be as very approachable um, and, and don't be shy. And, and if you don't hear back from us the first time, message us again, because right. seriously, we know what it's like to be there in the trenches and feel like you're alone in this world and, and nobody hears you, but you have to reach out, um, but mm -hmm. don't be scared to. Right. And I'm going to give the listener out there who says, well, no one ever responds to me on LinkedIn. And when I send emails, people don't <laughs> respond. And here's an innovative idea. What I tell my, my clients when they want to reach someone and emails aren't working, I say, you know what? Take a piece of paper and a pen, write a <laughs> note, put it in an envelope, go to this place called the post office. <laughs> Um, buy this little piece of paper that has a picture on it and it's sticky on one side, put it in the upper right-hand corner of the envelope and put it in a mailbox if you can find one. And I just think that's an innovative way of reaching out to people. In the <laughs> I'm serious. I agree. Right. So I'll be sending you a letter soon. So thank you all so much. You all are just amazing. Thank, thank you so you much, Kate. Kate. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes for this episode are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 226. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action and innovative steps in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and happiness. And did you know there are job listings at nursekeith.com? That's right. You can find jobs from Reload.com, ZipRecruiter, and many other free and paid resources in the drop-down section of NurseKeith.com labeled resources. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his awesome team in Spokane, Washington at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Cappiespeason is our social media ringmaster. Please tune in again and again as we continue to explore how to powerfully and consistently elevate your nursing career and life into your very own personal and professional stratosphere. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch this is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Rebecca Love bidding you adieu from Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. And Andrea Hamarillo saying see you later from 
Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> Thank you so much, y'all. You are the best. 